Welcome to the Fit Archer Podcast, my friends. I'm your host, J.P. Penscover, and on episode 35, 36, and 37, I'm bringing you a day-by-day, play-by-play podcast with my good friend Greg Smith from Ohio and my guide buddy and best friend Nick DeBaca from Southern Arizona, and we went on a Arizona over-the-counter archery hunt. Greg had the tag, and he's been coming out for five or six years now. He just has a blast every single year. And we recap every single day. So we recap day one, the good, the bad, the ugly. Day two, the good, the bad, the ugly. And day three, the good, the bad, the ugly. This is the only intro I'm going to do for these three podcasts. I'm not going to do a separate intro for each one. Uh, but you're really, you'll, you'll learn a lot if you are a spot and stalk archery hunter. You're going to learn a lot. Um, you're going to learn a lot from Greg. You're going to learn a lot from Nick. I learned a lot just being part of it. I go every year with them, and anytime I get a chance to be around a world-class guide like Nick, um, it's just it's a learning experience. And when you get a chance to hunt these desert deer down here, man, it is so much fun. So I hope you enjoy the, the podcast. It's a lot of fun. Bringing to you individually so that you can bang through them. We might talk a little bit about politics at the end of episode one. I apologize. Not the norm, but, man, we are in a weird, weird time frame. But it is what it is. It's the Fit Archer podcast. And if I want to talk about it, we're going to talk about it. So I hope you enjoy it. And I told you big things were coming in year 2021. I want to welcome three brand new sponsors and my first three sponsors of the podcast and partnerships. This is incredibly exciting. As you know, I'm into fitness and uh, fitness is one of my biggest passions. We partnered with Well Built Supplements. So you can go to wellbuiltsupplements.com and uh, check everything that they have there. My good buddy, Brandon LaRue, who I've been best friends with for many, many years, is an absolute guru in the fitness, strength, and conditioning world world and in the supplement world and he has built premier supplements and you can see a host of different stuff from performance to uh, leaning out to just daily regimen of good nutrition he's got it all there made here in the USA quality ingredients um, GMP manufactured so it is top of the line stuff I'm already using it I'm already loving it my kids are using it they're already loving it and uh, we brought it into our family and embraced it big time you can go to wellbuiltsupplements.com and enter in wellbuiltjp wellbuiltjp all one word and receive a 15% discount so I encourage you to do that if you got any questions on some supplements you can hit Brandon up or hit me up and I'll give you some some answers also Phoenix shooting bags you've heard uh, Anthony Stallone on the podcast multiple times. You've heard Brandon LaRue on the multiple on the podcast multiple times with well-built supplements. Uh, Phoenix Shooting Bags, he's been on the podcast multiple times, and uh, we got a partnership going with them. You can go to his website. They're the best and lightest shooting bags in the industry. If you do any kind of shooting with a rifle, these are the bags that you want. I'll tell you, we never go into the field without these bags since I've been introduced to him. Um, my kids have made amazing shots. My oldest son made a 700-plus yard shot. On, a, on his first elk, my brother came out, made a 700-yard shot on his first coos deer. All the bags were packed around our rifle. I'm just telling you, you got to check it out. They're world-class, and they're light as a feather. They got to be in your pack if you're doing any kind of hunting like that. And you can go use discount code THEFITARCHER, THEFITARCHER, all one word, and receive a 15% discount on those. And lastly, and I'm excited about this, Just this just happened, and you're going to hear him on the next podcast, my good friend Anthony Schmidt. From Wisconsin, he owns Schmitty's Specialty Strings. 
ssstrings.com. These are archery strings. These are bow strings and custom made, custom colors. He's made hundreds of thousands of strings. They have been on every single bow I've shot for I don't know how many years. I always get custom colors, make it look good. I know some of you are looking down at your string after this year. I just did. I just shot my bow a little bit ago. My string is dried and uh, it's been through the it's been through the ringer. So you know what? I'm either going to get a new bow or I'm putting a new string on it and I'm do custom colors. And so if you're interested in getting some new strings and cables, you can get a 20% discount on those strings. All you have to do is come come directly to me. So you can go to ssstrings.com. You can see all the colors. You can see the whole website there. You tell me what bow you have. You communicate directly to me on this. You hit me up either via Facebook or Instagram Messenger. If you know me, call me, text me, email me, whatever. You pick out the string colors that you want, whether it's your favorite football team, um, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Put something on there that makes that bow pop. We know that as outdoorsmen, it's not just about how good of a hunter you are, but about how good your camo and your equipment looks. So custom strings and cables is incredible. My friend Greg that you'll hear from on the podcast, he did a black Bowtech Revolt and he did all red um, accessories and all red strings and cables. And it was amazing. It looked really, really good. So you contact me, you tell me what model bow you have and uh, what, what color strings you want. We'll get all that worked out. These strings will drop ship directly to you. Uh, you'll Venmo me and uh, we got it all worked out on here, but you'll get a 20% discount on the best strings in the market for your bow. So I told you 2021 is unleashing some great things for the Fit Archer podcast. I'm excited for some other stuff coming down the pike here too. So enjoy the podcast, my friends, share it with somebody and uh, let's keep inspiring this archery and outdoor world to unite together and be better than we ever had before so that we got a bigger, stronger voice and just enjoy the podcast, my friends. God bless you and God bless America. You are listening to the Fit Archer Podcast. All hunting, all fitness, all the time. Welcome to the Fit Archer Podcast, buddies. Greg Smith, first time on the podcast. What's up, what's up? And Nick is an old veteran. Hey, how's it going? Oh, look at the hat. So let me just tell you uh, how we're coming to you. This is... Day one recap of Greg's over-the-counter Arizona archery hunt, and figured we would just recap each day, and this is day one. Day one has ended. I have no idea what this podcast is going to do, where this is going to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nick's super tired. We're crammed into the travel trailer. We got the podcast equipment up on the table, and we are ready to roll. So, do it. Well, Greg, introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Greg Smith. That's good. He's, he's from Ohio. He's very incognito because of the political events in uh, our country today, which we may get to. Should I mean, what is today? January uh, 9th. January 9th, 2021. Yeah. It's hard to see him with all the black camo on. I know. Well, where are you from? Tell us where you're from. What do you do? How long have you been hunting? That kind of thing. Oh, man. Uh, so I'm from Ohio, southeastern Ohio. live in Columbus. Been hunting since I was twenty six, so just about ten years. What was? Oh, we won't talk about your first hunt. I my was first hunt was oh oh that was no I think that was my second hunt. Okay, Greg shot a turkey in Wisconsin. Yeah, I don't know if you should share that on here. <laughs> I don't know who your <laughs> listeners are. Do you ever hear that story? Yeah, Nick? yeah. I had a really good guide though. 
Yeah. For that one. Called one right in. The fit archer. Called the turkey right in. Yeah, you did. Killed it dead. (laughs) (laughs) That was, Gunner was five. Yeah. And he's 16 tomorrow, 11 years ago. Wow. So was that my, that may have been my first hunt, maybe, ever. I think it was. I thought it was. Maybe that's why I love turkey hunting so much. Yeah. It's probably why I love this over-the-counter tag hunt the same because sitting in the Midwest, I've realized just isn't, you know, my favorite thing to do. I'll I'll do it, but uh, I look forward to, you know, coming out here every single year because the action and the driving around, glassing, and, you know, I think I literally had like 14,000 steps today, and that's (laughs) probably didn't measure half of my steps because I was carrying my bow in that hand for half the day. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we'd cover some terrain uh, today. So, yeah, I, uh, I didn't grow up hunting at all. I grew up uh, shooting a bow in my backyard at a piece of plywood where I would also throw my ninja stars at. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to ever kill with those. but That uh, skill could come in handy today. <laughs> it just may. I mean, with, right. you know, certain things get confiscated or what have you. But, uh, yeah, so I had a great turkey hunt with you up in Wisconsin. Got hooked on that. Uh, that was phenomenal. So I always make it a point to turkey hunt. You actually found out what a tom turkey was? I did find out the yeah, difference I didn't do a real good job. Uh, the tom and a hen. Telling them. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, just, he, you did a great job on telling me where to shoot them. You know, like he told me where to aim. Yeah. And uh, I did that because I can shoot. <laughs> you shot good. You made a long shot on that turkey and killed long it. Long shot. He didn't believe I killed it. I couldn't see it. It was, it was kind of. You know what though? It was kind of like when I shot my mule deer out here though, because I shot that mule deer, stood up, fist pumping, and I knew I just double lunged hearted that thing. And Nick, you know, my guide Nick here is get down, stop, get down, get down, stop doing that, stop moving. I'm like, dude, just I'm, stay there. I'm good. I'm like, I know it. I killed it. Yeah, this is your fifth year. We figured out fifth year out Arizona, here, right? Yeah, every year in yeah. a row. You come every year for five years, right? Yeah, the first year I came out was a coos hunt. That's right. Yeah, and that was down south, close to the border. Um, we stayed in Nogales, I think. Didn't we mm-hmm. stay at the hotel? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice hotel. That was yeah. uh, one of the most sketch <laughs> hotels I've ever stayed in, <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I was like, "What are we getting?" I'd never been that close to the border. First that's, off. that's literally on the border. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we went through a checkpoint, you know, uh, that was interesting, but that was some of the best hunting ever. Like that hooked me and that was with a rifle, uh, you know, phenomenal. It was a little short. Every trip I have out here is a little shorter. Right. Just with the family right you, now. You'd have killed too if you didn't lose that mag. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was right. So, so people know I was running my, my LaRue OBR, which I love 16 inch 308, just dialed really well 15 pounds <laughs> super heavy i know it's like <laughs> not practical for a coos deer hunt it's but. not i've since changed you know i have different different artillery at this point but that was my first time ever coming out and you kind of learn and i did have a mag uh that i dropped during that hunt and come to find out when we finally get on deer uh, i have to hand load a semi-automatic without a magazine so, you know, you have to literally tilt it up and load one 
with your finger while kind of keeping your hand up in the mag well to drop it in, you know, close it up, get on target. Couldn't really do much follow-up shots. Um, yeah, you'd have killed for sure. But yeah. that's fun hunting. It was so fun. Oh. So fun. You got on them quick. Most people that come out have a really hard time finding those coos deer in a scope. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That's when I really learned. <clears throat> Did Gunner hunt before that? He, I, I really, I remember hunting with Gunner when he was a young, his first hunt when we hunted with Nick and Gunner could not find the deer. Like Nick found a buck and it took 20, maybe 30 minutes for Gunner to even find it. And you came out and it was like, I got it 600 yards. Like I got it. And we're like, I'm like, wow, dang. But you'd been shooting a lot. Yeah. I shoot a lot. Yeah. So that was big. Yeah. I mean, just to have the ability to acquire the deer in the tar in the scope right away is big, but it's long shooting, and when it moves, you know, you're calling out distance, and you get no follow-up shot. You don't get much. I did get a follow-up shot on that one yeah, that last day because the first shot was 717. Not a legit follow-up shot, though. No. Like, to be able to shoot and then get back in your scope, you know, chamber another one versus two minutes to reload and then have to relocate. And by that time, that buck was already – he was already on edge, kind of moving pretty quick. So, and that second shot. I think was even closer than the first shot. So if you'd have had the mag, you'd have killed for sure. So that was year one. Year two, you came out and. Is that the year I smoked the mule? Was that my first year? The second year. It was the second. Well, I mean like Your my first, first year. Archery year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Smoked them first year. Yeah. Because I remember yeah. that hooked me. Was that day two? It was. I came for two days and okay. I left. I came for the first day, brought you, then stayed for the morning and left. And so it was day three that yeah. you hunted. And all of a sudden, I get a text, 160 inch, four by four, whatever it was. I'm like, oh, sure, the day I'm gone. Yeah. Beautiful buck. That was so fun. All, all I remember was the, the Cliff Notes version of it is Greg, there's a staghorn right in front of you <laughs> and a buck standing right by it. I'm like, from my distance, it looks like it's 20 yards. Greg gets on the radio, which I don't, I always tell clients, like, don't talk when you're in the radio because you're too close. And he goes, 100 yards, 100 yards. And I'm like, I get my hat. I throw it on the ground. I'm, I'm, I'm at that point. I'm kind of frustrated. I'm like, this is crazy, man. Like this looks like 20 yards. And he's telling me it's a hundred. I'm like, I don't know how I, I don't know how I'm going to get him any closer, you know, to these deer. And then I see him draw back his bow, shoot, start fist pumping. I get on the radio. I'm like, stop, stop, stop. You blow him out. Like we'll have to track him for a mile. And, uh, buck lays down. He died probably like 10, 15 minutes later, but he goes, I was looking at the wrong staghorn. The, <laughs> the staghorn that you were pointing to was 20 yards. He goes, the, I was just standing there and the deer walked across to, you know, I just see the deer like, Oh, Hey, there's a big buck. 39. Whack. Whack. Yeah. 39 and a half. Well, and the thing about that was, that whole day, that whole trip, oh, we yeah. were getting in, like, it was 100 yards, 100 yards. You know, and my bow, the most I'd ever shot was 60 yards, you know, being living in the Midwest, shooting in your neighborhood. You know, it's... Uh, I remember you shooting at my house as you're getting ready. I picked you up and uh, came to my house, and oh you're shooting. And you were out there for, like, a couple hours shooting. Yeah, yeah. And you kept saying, I, I feel really good. I think you said you're like, I'm dialed at 40. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm deadly. Well, what'd you kill the buck at? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. I, I kind of wanted to say, well, 40 is awesome, but you know, Nick's going to want you to be able to shoot like to 100. <laughs> I know. I know. 
Well, and that that's why even today, like when we were walking around, I'm like, hey, what do you call that? No, that's that's the same thing. Like that's a prickly pear. Yeah. Oh, that's a staghorn. That's a you know whatever. Because I remember that trip the first time being out. Being from the Midwest, you've never seen this you know mm-hmm. topography Rain. like you've never seen any of the trains vegetation so yeah. yeah nick you know it's just like oh it's a uh, 20 yards uh one o'clock from the uh, staghorn over there <laughs> i'm like uh, uh, staghorn is that a dinosaur yeah what i'm like heck? what is that like well because <laughs> when i came out for the coos hunt uh and we're talking about scopes what we ended up doing that time i remember this vividly he'd be like it's this rock and we started had to go off of rocks like that was he was like there's a rock it's orange it sticks out more than the other ones or you'd be like this rock is shining and then there's a tree, you know? And so now being five years out, you, you know, I actually am learning the train, what you call things. And, and you're learning his, his lingo. Yep. Yeah. Which makes a big difference, you know, for somebody who is coming out, you know, obviously I know Nick, have known Nick, known you prior to coming out. So that's why I, I choose Nick, but I have refer, I've had guys come out with Nick, even uh, Rick, who's back out again this year. Mm-hmm. I remember last year was his first year. I'm like, dude, you're going to, you're going to see big bucks every day. He's like, yeah. You know, like, they just don't believe you. And yeah. then you get out, and, and these guys literally every single time uh, put you on big bucks. But to have the same guide over and over again makes a big difference because I do know there were some communication, you know, uh, lapses. When we first go out, when you're on the mm-hmm. radio, it's like, walk this way. Or even when you're out there, from the guy's point of view, they can tell you to walk. They can say, hey, take a left at this, but when you're down there, your left is different than what your left is, you know? Um, so having that, but yeah, that, that hunt was phenomenal. That was definitely, I was looking at the staghorn that was across the next little dip and that's what I ranged. And then he just popped up on the same, same knoll that I was on and smoked him, whacked him. Now he's on your wall. Yeah. Big buck. Gosh. Yeah. I just remember that. And one of the best pictures too. Great. Those are good yeah. pick. Yeah, really yeah. good pictures. Yep. So great book. So then you come out a couple more years, didn't connect. You know, it's archery. And here we are today, January 9th, first day. And what does Nick do? What he always does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we walk probably, do we walk about a mile? I felt like that was longer than was a mile. It's a like 45 minute walk in. Yeah. So yeah. we went to a high point. And I say this in every podcast. I've said to all my friends, Greg probably tells people Nick finds deer, but the, the 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 competition is: can I get my binos out up on my tripod before Nick has found a buck? So, so speaking of which, the time that I uh, got that muley here, he and I are walking out, and I'm taking a dump when, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, legit because that we knew that, and I'm like, man, I gotta use the restroom, like, because you just know. Like, my job now, and I even did this today. I didn't get my binos out. I'm like, my job is to get set up. Like, make sure mm-hmm. I got my release. I got my, you know, rangefinder. I'm I'm good to head out because, yeah. and even that time, legitimately, I remember I'm still using the restroom, you know, and it's just, I got one. I got one. Like, come on. You know, and you're just like, oh. pinch it off. Yeah. So today, same thing. We, I mean, we Day literally one. walk up on the knob. Yeah. Nick sits down. He gets his, rips his, Tripod out, gets his, he was using dual spotters, puts him up. I walk past 10 yards. Greg sits right by him. I get my tripod legs out. I grab my one piece. And I just about had it on. What do I hear? Oh, I got a big buck. I'm, I looked at Greg. I'm like, <laughs> it never, I didn't have my binos out of my pack. 
Not even on my pack. Nick's like, I found a big one. Oh, man, he's a big one. Uh-huh. And we're like, where? <laughs> so then he goes in some brush, and Greg's like, I think that's just a guide trick. You know, <laughs> like, you say you see him, and then when we're looking, we can't find him. <laughs> so Nick comes back over. He's like, sits down. There he is. No, 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 there he is again. We <laughs> get eyes on like him. like 15 <laughs> minutes of losing him, too. Yeah. Like, he took that serious. Yeah. I was totally joking, but. I knew you were. Yeah. But you did have to come back over just to. That was a big buck. That was a very big buck. He was a long way out. Yeah, I hunted down south for seven days, and on this, you know, the second through the eighth, and we saw a lot of good bucks, like a lot of solid bucks, but just the difference, you know, in in going to not not even so much a unit, but just in a d- different you know environment, terrain. Um, the the two bucks that I saw today were just you know they're just big, big solid bucks, so, you know, bucks that we. We typically want to shoot on the kaibab, like an early kaibab hunt. So there were good bucks down south, but they just, you know, they just don't have the same, like a big buck. You know, I probably saw like a, like a, you know, 150, low 160. And that was a big buck down there. A lot of big threes, but these two, bu- these two bucks do you think that, that we saw today were. Well, how big do you think that first one was? Yeah, it was so far. So we, we, we. You know, when we finally moved it to that next knob and we ranged out there and I ranged, he was, I think he was like 1400 yards. So originally we were probably 2000 yards away. I just couldn't, I couldn't see his backs that great. So I, I just couldn't tell if he was like a straight three or if he had, you know, what, what he had as far as back forks on those G2s. But I mean, if, if he had solid G2s, he's probably, you know, 170, maybe, maybe touching 180 so huge he was he was wide he was well over 30 you could tell and then the buck we saw today looked like he had some extra in lines um you know probably 26 wide yeah big so box. we find that big one this morning well you found that big one this morning and then we, we kind of you know jumped on the found it after you pointed it out multiple times for us why didn't we go after that buck like give talk about that so when i first started doing this hunt i probably would have sent him um, I probably would have got super excited and, you know, you, you learn after, after a couple seasons of doing it, you just, you got to stay even keel. Um, cause the reality is, is you're bow hunting. So probably, you know, nine out of 10 times, it's probably not going to happen, you know, and you're, you're almost surprised when it does come together. Not for, not for you though, Greg, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't want you. Well, to we that. might be towards that average by the time <laughs> I get the next yeah. one. Yeah. Let's see what happens tomorrow. And that's the reality. Like when, you know, when, when that, when it does come together, you're like, dang, like, you know, you, you almost don't, it's, you don't go into, ex, into it expecting that you're not going to succeed, but you just, you know, you know what, what lies ahead. So as far as where that buck went into, I could tell all of the different cuts and the washes. So for me to send him down there, you know, knew he was going to have to walk close to a mile and then put him down there and put him in a very difficult situation to have to pull out a pair of handhelds by himself without bumping deer and and start to try to pick stuff out so i mean that that's that's pretty difficult to do with with, even with a tripod but you know you to to send him down there it just wasn't a a, a really highly effective chance of him succeeding so i think that can frustrate a hunter i think i think you can probably even pick up some bad habits too walking in hot you know figuring out where your wind is that kind of stuff so I'd, i'd rather him get solid opportunities where okay when we go put a stock on like this is a good 
those that buck is in a good position to get killed. Whether we do it or not is you know different story. But but you, you're you're set up now. We got we. I, I use football analogies all the time. We we used it on the last one. You know if 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 a defense you know if a they throw a certain defense at me, I needed to figure out what play to dial up. Well, just certain certain situations don't call for a specific stock or don't call for a stock. You know, hey, we watched that deer stayed there for an hour. He never came back out. Saw another buck go into the same hole that he did, which you would think, you know, okay, that buck's going to, you know, agitate him. Never did. So that buck's probably not there. He's probably leaked out somewhere else. So let's not go, you know, on a wild goose chase. Well, we watched him move quite a ways. From the first time when you spot him, it would have been a horrible chasing experience to start the day. Yeah, it would have. And then, uh, you know, the the terrain that we're hunting this morning right away was really one knob that we could get up on. I mean, just one little bump there, really, and it was just flat. I mean, I say flat, but it's got some big washes in it. And when you look across it, it looks flat, and it's got... It's got huge choya. It's got huge staghorn, tons of prickly pear. It's thick, big uh, Palo Verde trees. I mean, it's got everything. So it'd be beautiful opportunity to stalk a deer in if you could locate one and get in because you got so much good cover and then it's open enough to shoot. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I mean, sending them down there, it's a wild goose chase. So wow. we bailed off and, and left and uh, came back, had some lunch today. What else? Little nap, did take a nap. Yeah, took a little nap. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Got on the World Wide Web and found out some more aggravating, infuriating <clears throat> news. I think uh, by the time this podcast airs, Trump should be president, <laughs> based on everything we saw today on his on Instagram. It's going to be March fourth now. March fourth. March fourth. That's what I was told. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. Well, let's let's finish the deer hunt, and then we might talk. <laughs> we might talk. So tonight we went to we stopped and grabbed. We went and swung in and grabbed deer side by side. Mm-hmm. It went to a spot really windy today. Mm-hmm. So I know you don't like wind a whole lot. It just seems to throw everything off. I mean, even when we woke up this morning, it was windy, and that that kind of changed your game plan a little bit. Yeah, I hate wind. Um, I mean, you're you're gonna make you know best of any situation, and I know a lot of people. I mean, can the wind help you out in certain situations? Sure, but. I mean, it is what it is. We hate it. You know, I hate it. Um, I don't like it at all. I know some people enjoy it. Um, you just know the deer are going to be down, especially mule deer. Mule deer are extremely nomadic. So typically when you're seeing them, you know, this time of year, you can catch them out in little flats, little rollers. You, you'll find them in the sun. You know, you'll, you can you can find them on a, on, a, on a hillside that's covered in sun, but they'll, you know, catch a mesquite tree and just lay up in the shade. I mean, they, they stick out like sore thumbs. So I told Greg, I said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna go to a place that's pretty popular. We're, you know, it's gonna be a rodeo. There's gonna be a lot of people there. It's Saturday. It's easy to get to. You know, it's right out of town. So, I said, but but those deer are gonna be there. They're gonna be down in these cuts. And I said, there's there's one specific spot that I'm gonna drive by, and the deer will be there. And we drove by there, and the deer were there. But just what you know, wasn't a buck. There wasn't a buck with them. Um." We ended up seeing a big buck afterwards. Kind of, kind of messed up another hunter. But just when when those when that wind blows with this hunt with those mule deer, they're either going to be on this side of a of a knob or a ridge where the wind's not blowing, where the you know where it blocks the wind, or they're going to be down low. They're going to be low enough where the wind won't affect them. And that's just for their for the you know their safety. Well, that was true. That first group of does we found, which had a pretty cool had a collar doe in it oh, yeah. i don't know why they call it why, why deer 
You know why they collar them? Some kind of biology. I mean, I yeah. don't know if they track their, you know, if, I'm sure they, I'm sure they, they get research to see what happens during a rut. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And then there was nine does in that group. Yeah. I mean, but as soon as we, we dropped down into that dip just a little bit, wind was gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's where they were hold yep. up down in there and we, we got those out and then, then, uh, talk about the rest of what happened. Kind of a little bit of a rodeo, but ended up seeing a really good buck. Yeah. So it, when you when you do have a lot of wind like that, ideally, you know you want it, to. It's a catch twenty two because you're on top of a ridge and and you need to kind of walk out. And I've done this a lot of times and gotten you know caught red handed for it. But um, you're skylined and you're making a lot of noise because you know you're on top. That sound travels travels down low. So it's ideal if you're guiding or if you're hunting that like you're ready to shoot because as soon as you look off that edge, you could have a doe 60 yards underneath you and the bucks, you know, bedded 15 yards from that. So you just got to be ready to know that, Hey, I can't, I can't get, you know, lack, you know, lackadaisy and just look off this edge because if you look off the edge and the bucks there, you can't back up. You can't turn around. You can't call, you know, call the client over. So, um, you know, we 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 did a lot of that. We did some of that. We did some some lackadaisy type glassing too, where I did just walk off the edge. You know, I figured if we if we bumped them um, in this area, you can usually get on them again pretty quick um, without you know if you don't completely blow them out of there. But we drove a ridge out and uh, worked it, worked it, worked it, and then got to the end. And I was gonna hook back around and get on another ridge that I know can kind of hold deer. Got some pockets in there and. Um, this doe crosses our, you know, road right in front of us. And as I look down out into the flat, you know, about 150 yards, I was like, big buck. I could just see his antlers with, you know, naked eye. And then I look down to my left and there's two hunters with their bow, like up in the air, walking back to their truck. And I'm like, I turned side by side off. I'm like, sorry, (laughs) I'm really sorry, guys. And, like, they just kind of, like, you know, they acknowledged that I, I apologized. Uh, the um, one with the bow kind of threw his hand up yeah, in the air. Not kind of. He, he, was, he was pretty upset. He was upset. He was yeah. mad. And uh, that happened to me uh, in between the week of Christmas and, and New Year. I had a bucket 60 yards, and I'm, you know, I'm thinking, this is it. Like, he's done. And here comes a Jeep. Blows him out. So Same felt, spot, too. Yeah, same same ridge. So I felt bad for him. So I actually went down and and – Talked to the guy and told him, you know, hey, I'm sorry I had this happen to me. I know how you feel. Your buck, you know, actually crossed a, a major road. So, you know, don't don't hang out in here thinking you're going to see him again. He's 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 gone. So, um, yeah, that was a that was a big buck. It was a big buck. Yeah, it was. But that hunter seemed okay. You know, he said he. Whether the story is a story, but you know, he was had him at 45 yards bedded and then mm-hmm. took a running shot at him yep took a running shot at 55 so yeah he didn't seem too he didn't seem too mad but that's 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 how this little area is you just got to know it going in you know if you're going to hunt around people there's a chance that people are going to mess it up yeah yeah felt i mean you always feel bad you mess up something on somebody but then it wasn't like we did it on purpose i mean we're just coming down that buck had to be bedded right off the road yeah i mean crazy Yep. So then well, that's was, different than, you know, like I think maybe it was even last year when we were in the one valley, we had a guy coming in like 
opposite way, you know, hunting the same buck we're hunting. Like, you know, there's, that's different, but we legit just drove up over a knob and busted the, the his play. Yeah. Know? Yeah. We, we, I've been with Greg a few times where it's been the opposite. Oh yeah. Where well, he, the first day last year. We sat down, remember? I, I remember this vividly. We sat down because I had to laugh. I didn't have my binos out, and Nick finds a big buck. Of Same course. And we watched it. It was going to the right. We were at a different spot, mm-hmm. I think, where we're going tomorrow. And as we're, we were maybe going to start to try to see where they're going, and we saw that guy sprinting across. Mm-hmm. And then two guys sprinting across, trying to, like, run him down. Oh, Next. yeah, because we were like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And we are just like, what are they doing? Because it was like full out in the open. Yeah. Just your, I yeah. mean, there was no tactic Nick's there. rolling his eyes going, you're never going to catch that deer. No. You're never going to catch that deer. Yeah, we did that a lot on this on this uh, this first week, too. Um, I did, it was me, another cli- two clients, and then another guide. And I'm sitting there just kind of like, like this narrating. I'm like, oh, oh, wait, look. He's out of the truck now. Well, look at him. He knocked an arrow. Wait, wait for it. Oh, he, the deer don't see him. The deer, he's wearing so much camouflage. The deer do not see him. <laughs> Literally almost running at them. Oh, there they go. 150 yards. Oh, bumped him a little bit. No, wait, you're not going to go back to the truck. You're going to stay on him. Oh, well, look at this, ladies and gentlemen. It's just, it, I, I got to have fun out there or else I'm, or else I'm probably going to get a little more frustrated because it is frustrating. And I get like people, it's all public land. We're all, you know, but like. At some point, you have to ask yourself, like, am I getting better? And if not, is there anything out there like Fit Archer or, you know, pod, like, are there podcasts out there that could actually help me get better? Because I just, I continue to see people, you know, make the same mistakes. Like, these are, these are, these, these deer survive rifle hunts. Like, I mean, think about that. You're, you really think you're going to run at the deer? I used, uh, I think one of the things that help you get better is evaluating what's working, what's not working. Mm-hmm. Just like what you're saying. I mean, you're doing some things and you realize like, man, maybe running after the deer is just not going to work for me this year. Didn't last year, the year before. Yeah. So this, uh, just a few days ago, I shot a deer <clears throat> and I wouldn't have really shot this deer, but it was just kind of a unique story. But the buck had moved off, which is really weird. The buck moved off of a, a doe. He kept bedding and the, the big, huge, mature buck, he just moved, just left, left the area. I'm like, I don't ever see that happen a lot. Like usually they just they hang on them until they get to breed them. Well, he left. So I thought, well, here's my opportunity. I had a bedded doe, no bucks in sight. That buck was gone. We're about ready to finish the day. And I thought to myself, I'm going to see how close I can get to this bedded doe. I just want to, I want to see how close I can get in this turn, in the train I was in. And so I, I've been using this terminology, sunset slow. Cause you always mm-hmm. talk about, you got to move where nobody can see. You got to be moving but you can't be able to see it. Well, if you watch up sun, you can't really visibly see it's moving. Yeah, it's moving all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking as slow as I can. Just got my boat at my side, and I just keep staring at her. And she's looking at me. Then she'd look around. I'm like, man, she's not paying attention to me because I'm moving so slow. She's hearing noises, but there's a road sim- somewhat close. So there's, there's traffic mm-hmm. noise. There's cattle in there. You know, there's all different kinds of noises. So I was just moving slow. Like you mentioned on the last podcast, sometimes they may hear something, but if they don't see you move, they're not going to do anything. Well, she could hear things because rocks were, you know, creaking. And mm-hmm. I get to 80 yards from 170 to 80. I mean, I closed 90 yards and I'm in the wide open. And, and what happened was a little buck came up out of nowhere and got her up out of the bed. And they walked by me at 40 yards and I killed the buck. But that was a huge learning experience to me because before that, I could only get 170 from the big buck. Had I known what I know now, 
I literally would have tried moving. Like I, I kept thinking I got to be close to the ground, crouch down behind cover. I was standing straight up. Mm-hmm. I mean, she looked at me multiple times. I'm standing in the wide open, mm-hmm. but she couldn't, she didn't know what I was. I mean, she'd look at me a little bit and then she'd just move her head back and look back at a different noise and move. I know it's a doe. It's not a 200 inch buck, obviously. I mean, it was a 200 inch buck I killed. Right. Or no, wait. No, it was a little two point. <laughs> two point. Two point, I meant. Not 200. <laughs> not 200. Just... It's two, two point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> good, good experience, though, to have the boys there to be able to kill. Yeah. Yeah. My boys were there. So that's oh. why. I, my boys were there. That's why I did it. Actually, the reason I did it is because I didn't shoot anything all last year, and I just wanted to shoot yeah. many animals that day as I could. I killed a javelina, and I was going to kill a deer. And if there had been another javelina close, I shot that one too. I was shooting <laughs> everything I could find. So what happened the rest of the day? You actually did get a chance to go after a deer today. We did, yeah. That uh, saw a nice little pack. I mean, we, we about drove up on those guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were probably 150 yards. And then Nick and I started walking in, and then... They were traveling pretty quick across the road, so then we were going to try to backtrack and cut them off because we didn't have the wind in our favor. We were actually on top of the knob. I mean, that wind was going pretty good. Um, and circled back around, and then we came up. Like when you first saw that doe, you had to be 100 yards yeah. down that wash when I was trailing trailing just a little bit. Um, but that was, you know, I think we had maybe 20 minutes of daylight left. Yeah that time it was gonna be close yeah i knew when we i knew when we came up over and i kept looking left and i kept looking across and i don't know if you if you guys saw this but so i looked left fast and then i looked across on the on the ridge in front of us and then i stopped to listen because when when deer bump like that you can typically hear them and then you can pinpoint that noise so i didn't hear any of those things so kind of reading the defense I'm like, there's a good chance, and when you and you said it, I was already there. You were like, wait, 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 there's a saddle right there, and that's what I was walking to, because I figured they had come up and over and maybe into that, and I, you know, I, I was walking slow, but not not you know molasses slow, but I was walking slow enough to you know watch watch my movement, and then I caught the doe going right into that cut. Well, it made sense. We didn't really, we didn't spook them when we drove up. They were kind of coming out of a cut. They crossed the mm-hmm. road in front of us, went down as they typically do. We got down and out of the wind and, you know, they weren't spooked. Yeah. So, but you got close. I mean, got close. And then I don't know. I don't, I stayed back. I, I stayed out of your way, just kept the glass up. But I don't know what happened. If the buck saw you, does saw you or what? Uh, they were still moving. They were moving. Yeah. And then, so you had does in the front, buck was in the middle. At least one more doe was behind him. Mm-hmm. And Nick was in front of me a little bit, and he was going to call out yardage. And he's like, draw back, draw back, you know. But I I could see where he was coming out, and I think we were at 110 right then, which I yeah. just today got dialed to 100. Yeah. The, the, the first little window that I knew he was going to come up out of, I couldn't get a, an accurate range. So I, I hit two ranges, and I'm like, I'm hitting grass at 80, and then I'm hitting, like, behind him at, you know, 100. So I'm like, I don't – He's going to come through this window, but there was nothing in there that I could really range. And so that's when I had told Greg to draw. I was like, draw, just get ready to draw, because I knew he was going to come in that window. And then he he came into that window, and I just, I'm like, I think, I, I was thinking of stopping him, and I thought we'd have one more crack, because then all of a sudden I looked to my left, and there's five or six does just staring at us. So then I, So then Greg, you know, let off, and then we, I ran. 
like and this is this is kind of those you know know when to go fast know when to not go fast and i ran at the staghorn and then ranged and i was like i was i, was, I think i was hitting like 110 105 102 and i'm like the buck's going to go right to them and in my head i i, I should have had greg just draw like draw now and then you know, I just kind of let out a noise, that, and the deer did stop. It's kind of quartered away. It didn't really, you know, present too much of a shot, but at least at that point have Greg draw back and then hit a range. And, you know, if, if he had that pin or not, you know, that would have been a different story. But at least, you know, at least get him in the in the groove of, of doing that. But, I mean, that was close. I mean, if, if it would have been 10 yards, 15 yards closer, um he would have, he would have, you know, had the pin to shoot. So good first day. Yeah, I think so. I mean, two really, really great bucks. And that one he went after today was a good buck. Mm-hmm. Not as big as those other two, but this is archery hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like you said, you learn. Cause I remember, I think I, you know, I got spoiled. My very first time that I ever hunted uh whitetail, you know, my buddy set me up in a tree stand is in his backyard. You know, he's got some acreage. He went to a different stand and just, you know, slaughtered, I slaughtered a 12-point with a shotgun. His shotgun never shot it. I mean. That's right. You shot a big buck your first year. Yeah. Well, I shot it within the first 30 minutes yeah. of sitting in a stand. And <laughs> in my buddy's backyard, I can still see his house. It's bigger than anything he has hanging on his <laughs> wall. And I'm like, Jim. You know, I'm telling him, I'm like, I got a big one. Because, you know, I'd, it literally fell over right where it was. And I remember just like, you know, I'm by myself. First time I'd ever, you know, killed anything, like, walked up to it. I'm just, like, shaking. He finally comes. He's like, oh, my gosh, this is a huge buck. And I'm like, really? You know, like, yeah. I'm still, like, shocked out, you know. And he tells me right then. He's like, this is bigger than anything I've ever killed, you know. <laughs> and I was razzing him the night before because I'm like, ah, you're just putting me in, like, your junk stand. You know, just like, <laughs> you're, like you've seen him over there. And, of course, you know, I hit that one. Well, having that mule deer, the first year I did over-the-counter mule deer, I mean, I remember showing pictures because that was my first first year looking at mule deer too. Obviously, after I had him down, I mean, that's a that buck so nice. And you know, I'd, we were showing pictures at the football game that night, and people were like, "You shot this where?" And Nick's telling them the, like general vicinity, and they're like, "Like open desert." And they're like, "Yeah." <laughs> and I mean, it was like everybody that saw it was like, "That's a that's a nice buck." Yeah. And Nick told me that day, even actually, it may have been the um, taxidermist was like. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're spoiled. You may never do that yeah. again. Like, I was like, oh, thanks. Yeah. And so I remember, like, the next year, I was a little bit more reserved when we'd see, like, a two-by-two a two, by two or, even, like, a two-by-three. I'm like, yeah. You know, because I had this huge mm-hmm. – I had these expectations. And then since then, mm-hmm. you know, I've adopted the mindset where it's like, well, let's just go. Let's go see how yeah. close we can get because what is the chance nine out – like, one out of a ten that you would even get a shot? So why not go in and see what the doe do? And what I mean, because that's really – a lot of it, um, those doe seem to be what peg you. I mean, from my experience, you, you got. Well, how many does were with that buck? The one you went after tonight, five, six, mm-hmm. might, might be more. There was ten. Yeah, I thought it was. Easy. I thought I counted nine oh, at one yeah. point. Yeah, so I mean, that's. Yeah, you got eighteen fuck. eyeballs. Eighteen yeah. eyeballs. Twenty with the buck. Yeah, just looking at you, you know. So, um, to go out there and get the, like you guys see the big bucks, and then before you know night's over, like you get going to stock and. You get your heart rate up a little yeah. bit, but now that I've done it too, my like, mm-hmm. there's less heart rate that goes into it. I'm focusing on breathing 
as we're coming into that the whole time because I know like I gotta be ready to take a shot don't let this adrenaline dump you and so it was good I mean there's if that buck was 20 30 yards closer we could have locked him I I mean I feel yeah your shooting was on today we had to go to the range just to dial a couple pins in because you just didn't have the just your 90 and 100 dialed that in but that was pretty fun today we we uh we um avoided a major catastrophe which uh adjusting your quiver oh my goodness yeah, no major kidding. catastrophe. Well, so back up because I I got a new bow this year. Yeah, and I have not had the opportunity. It's been single digits up in Ohio, and my backyard I can shoot about forty six yards, and I haven't been shooting in my backyard for the past year, year and a half, just because I used to do it all the time. But there's more kids have moved into the neighborhood with COVID. And kids being home and things like that. I've just been much more reluctant. So I haven't done it at all, like even at 20 yards. So I got my bow dialed, you know, uh, out to 50. And then I went out to a friend's house like two days before we came out. And I thought I'd be able to dial it in pretty quick. And I had a a release. We won't name the manufacturer here, but a wrist, you know, release. So you're saying I probably won't get a sponsorship if we talk about the release that broke. That <laughs> they, you, should, yeah. they should give all of us a sponsorship. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, so as I'm shooting, dialing in that day, my release literally comes apart. The double stitching comes apart. My hand flies in, punches you in the face, punches me in the face, <laughs> and the arrow goes who knows where. So I'm like, thank goodness I'm not yeah. shooting in the neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, that's a lethal, you know. That's Would that a- have been labeled? Um, so if a kid had COVID and then you shot him with the bow, would that be labeled Absolutely. COVID death? Di- died uh, <laughs> due to, it could have been complications of COVID. Complications the complication COVID. the complication being that he was home instead yeah, of school. Of course. Due to COVID. Shock another one up to COVID. Absolutely. No. Um, so <laughs> just to stoke that fire. Yeah, no kidding. But I do want to make it clear, like people <laughs> people thinking I didn't come out without like being dialed. I mean, I can shoot. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's just a matter of getting those pins. I didn't have the range out there, and then um, that was nice to be able to hit the range a little bit and, and not take some time from going out spotting and just knowing, like, Well, your 80 was dialed. You shot it last night here at camp, and you put him in the baseball size at 80. I mean, you can yeah. shoot. Yeah. So we go to the range today, and I'd put your quiver on. Yeah, mm-hmm. of my Because I have the, we have the identical right. bow, identical yep. everything. And uh, I put that on for you, and I didn't make sure there was clearance. So you shot one. At, at ninety, at ninety, and yep. Nick's like, ah, it's a little. You know, we're just we're just adjusting your your pin. So it was it was it was high, a little bit high. He's like, ah, it's a little bit high. I'm like, shoot another one. Let's just let's just check. You might have bumped. It was a little bit windy out today. So, and then you shot, and you looked at me like I did something wrong. You're like, I don't know. I'm not that bad of a shot. Like it <laughs> darted to the left and didn't even. It hit the ground like forty yards out in front of you. I'm looking in my binoculars, waiting to you know see the the where it hits. And I could see in the bottom left of my binoculars a dirt splash. <laughs> and I was like, that's odd. Like, yeah. I mean, that's way off. Yeah. Well, you, you would have. Greg's never... like, I felt really good. I, like, I felt really <laughs> great on that one. No, I actually released it. Like, I was like, that's. And then I was like, what? Because I saw the splash. And I mean, you just, you know, when you release, like, yeah. that's a good release. Like, you can call your shot. You should be able to call your shot. And I remember just looking over at you because, you know, the fit archer like i want jp to my vision goes to about 20 yards and nothing beyond so i'm just like this <laughs> <laughs> like where did it you're like 
that was really hot. That was really bad. I'm like, I don't even know where to hit. Where to hit? Nick. Nick's yeah. like, didn't even hit the target. Oh, I was just, I, I remember, I was just like, there's nothing right. Like, there's something yeah. wrong about that. You know? And I, I was thinking, like, there's no way I so, pulled a shot. So that we bad. go, Nick goes, well, maybe you didn't have the arrow clipped onto the, the string, right? Yeah, he didn't think I knocked it. Because Nick knocked the first one for him. And he's like, maybe it wasn't knocked on. And I'm like, Greg's like, well, maybe Nick didn't knock that second out. I'm like, well, actually, you knocked that second arrow, Greg. I'm like, so, so like, I, I didn't know what say anything. Yeah. What's, what's random, too, is I'm not a big uh, bow tech guy. Like, not the brand bow tech. Just I'm not tech technical yeah. with it. But when I grabbed his bow, I was like, it doesn't look like there's any clearance right here. Like, Because I was trying to get his, with my quad, I yeah. constantly play with the drop away. Yeah. So I was trying to do that with yours. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was like, how does, it, yeah. I was so, like, how does this, I was like, this doesn't click. And then I looked at that and then I looked at the, the clearance and I was like, this thing looks like it's hitting right here. And then I just <laughs> hand him the bow with the arrow in it. <laughs> so to explain for the archers listening is Greg has a Hamsky limb driven rest. They're the really, really, they're awesome rests. I mean, they're literally foolproof, foolproof, unless... Your friend puts your. I put on. the tight spot quiver on, and I I didn't pull it back away from the bow enough. And when the when you do it, and the limb you know the limb collapses, that that lets allows the the rest to come up. Well, the spring for the hamski was catching on the on the quiver. So I'm like, listen, let's not shoot at 90 yet. Let's just go back to 50, and let's just start back over. So your first shot at 50, you go to draw back, and I'm standing there. I'm like, oh, Greg, let down, let down, <laughs> like the. He draws and everything goes limp. And I look and the the rest never even rises. The rest arm never even comes up. So we're, we just took the quiver, moved it a little bit, and we're like, just jump back over to ninety. We're all good. Eighty was right on, and yeah. and everything was good. So you got to shoot at ninety and hundred and drilled it. I mean, yeah, your money at eighty. You put him. You hit a softball. Yeah, I mean, just boom, boom, softballs. That's really really good group. Yeah, and I feel good not, about that. Yeah, and then at 90, you hit a tiny little balloon, and then when it was pretty windy today, but the other one was right there. And then at 100, they were right there. So, five gallon bucket at 100. If you could, if you could put a group in a five gallon circumference of a five gallon bucket, consistent. And I was telling Greg, it's not, it's not so much that you're, that you're trying to kill animals at 100, but you know that you can shoot at 100. So, if you, close that distance down and you know you're at 100 you're like okay i'm i'm good like if you know if i if i need to shoot from here i can shoot from here and then you you know you work you know effectively to to close that down but then also reading what's taking place like you know that the, those people that we you know talked to today i had the buck laying down at 45 well if you had that buck laying down at 45 i, pro I you know we all talked about it, we probably would have shot at 60 you know whether at, from 60 to 45 that 15 yard difference that's you know with the bedded buck and a few does like that makes all the difference so just just even knowing that you can shoot at 100 but it, you know with with that kind of group and you know obviously if you can get it tighter you get it tighter but just just having that confidence to to go from you know okay from 100 to an 80 now i can really take my time and but if something happens i can i can i can kill from 100 yeah well it's you know it's that's that's a long shot, and most people don't. Unless you live out west and you hunt out west, that's a. It just seems so unrealistic, you know. As coming from a whitetail world where I lived in Wisconsin, I'm shooting 20 yards. 40 was a long. When you're shooting at a whitetail in the woods, 40 yards, 
That's a long ways. Here, if you get to 100 yards and you got to close to 80, sometimes you just can't do it. Sometimes it's just impossible for you to close 20 more yards. I would tell every archer in the world, if you're ever going to come out west, you've got to push your distance. doesn't mean you have to shoot at an animal that far, but you got to push your distance. With today's equipment and just the right practice, there's so many videos and guys that will teach you and everything you can. This equipment today, I mean, with your setup right now, Greg, you're shooting a Bowtech, um, was that Realm? Revolt. Revolt X. X. Yeah, yep. Realms was last year. So I'm like, I have the same bow. The Revolt X, you're shooting arrows that are 450 grain. Yeah, just over. Just over 450 grains. You you got a hundred yard pin, and you have room. All the you have room for another 10, 15 yards out there. So you could stretch that site out to 110, 115 yards. And I would I would tell anybody stretch it out there. It doesn't mean you're going to shoot animal. You're not coming out like I just got to get to 110. No, I want to get to 20. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but I want to shoot 110 because it's going to make you a better shot when you ha- when you can't get past 80 or any closer than that. You know, so I love shooting long distance. It's so much fun. Well, that yeah. long distance shooting too, which prepped me for the mule deer, the, the very first one, makes you so much more confident at the closer ranges. I mean, that's why I was like, dude, I'm deadly at 40. You know, yeah. like I just knew, I'm like, I'm deadly at 40, which when I got into, uh, which my first bow as an adult was one of your old Botex. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, bought that. And I remember just. I got thinking, a lot of Botex out there all <laughs> over the place. Seriously. <laughs> they should sponsor you. Yeah, I, uh, I hear that Botech. Yeah, Botech. Anybody got connections? <laughs> uh, but it, it's one of those things where you shoot further than it's you know. And I with my rifles is the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, like people talk about six hundred yard shot. I'm like, dude, that's the same as a hundred for me. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is, and it depends on the bullet and all that for those oh. that are technical listening and you know what the wind's doing that day. But it's that's a chip shot with today's technology and scopes. And that's why I was saying today when I was like, I go, yeah, I go nine times out of 10 when a shot gets pulled, it probably is me. You know, like I 100%. I was like, but that shot was not me. Yeah. You know, the one that <laughs> yeah. like just went right into the door. I'm like, that wasn't me. Yeah. Like I was yeah. so like, my mind was blown. I literally was, I'm scratching my head going I, in my mind. Honestly, I didn't even tell you in my mind. I'm thinking, well, you totally pulled it. I mean, what did you do? Why did you pull it that bad? Cause I can't think I'm, I'm I know who set your bow up. Yeah. Anthony yeah. and he's a master phenomenal and I'm looking at everything going everything's right on everything's right on I thought there was enough clearance between that but obviously when you do it was just a dumb it was a dumb mistake on my part so it wasn't that Nick didn't knock it in or <laughs> you didn't knock it in it was the way that I put your quiver on so I looked I'm like guys no that was my fault so, so just so you know yeah well that's that's probably why I look so and then know. they gave me a new nickname now <laughs> 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 we won't talk about that but that's that is why i looked back to you guys like i was because i could see on your face that you thought i pulled it like i could tell i'm like i'm like he thinks i'm lying like i did not pull that that was great i mean perfect release i did everything right yeah i don't no. know man <laughs> nick oh i, I seen that splash i knew something was up i'm like your arrows broke or something yeah i mean you showed me shoot last the night before you know even just anybody shooting that shot, you would have been like, something's wrong. That was whack. Yeah. <laughs> I better get him in a little closer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Always test your gear. Always test your gear. You know? Uh, shoot, shoot, shoot. Well, that was day one. Yeah. Yeah. And now here we are and find ourselves in a world of chaos. 
I don't talk politics a whole lot on the Fit Archer, but it's pretty weird. Pretty weird times. Pretty weird, weird times that we live in. And I would say this, though. I'm not, not necessarily going to talk politics, um, but I will talk, like today when we, we stopped and we ate, and the lady gave us a hard time about not wearing a mask. And, of course, I want to be somewhat respectful. I want to be very respectful, but I also want to fight, mm-hmm. you know, for our rights. I just think if we just lay down and if we just throw in the towel and say, I just don't, I just want things to get better. If we lay down as conservatives, mm-hmm. I, that's what I would consider myself. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a patriotic conservative. That's what I would consider myself. If we just lay down thinking, well, if we just do what people say and and just obey, it'll get better. It's not going to get better. No. It's going to get way worse. And you see it now when they when they take off everybody when they take off away the presidents. And I don't care whether you agree with the president or not, but when you take away his ability to communicate via social media, and if you're one of the people out there that are happy for that, you are you are happy for America going the wrong way. Yeah, I mean that 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 just means they can they can stop this podcast. You know, somebody could come on and Apple wouldn't have to play this podcast. They could just say, "Hey, I don't want to play your podcast." Yeah, and they can do that. I mean, they, they could, could listen. They, they could, could listen to this and say, "I don't want to do it." We don't have the freedoms in America that we think we do. As a conservative, you don't. That's what I've come to realize, and I, I'm I'm like fed up with it. So when that girl today had told me to wear my mask, I'm, and I pulled it over my chin, <laughs> like, okay, here. Like, it's the stupidest thing in the world. And if you're a mask wearer, you're a mask wearer. I'm not a mask wearer. I think it's stupid. Um, you know, I'm not going to cause a fight over it, but yet. But <laughs> well, it's it's cool if you want to wear a mask. Yeah. Like, if you know, that that goes back to just the whole... Freedom. Freedom. Yeah. Your, your freedom of choice. But your freedom of choice doesn't matter unless it fits within what I want your choices to be. Exactly. And that's that's where we're finding ourselves as a a group of people, mm-hmm. you know, which um, is half of the, the world, you know, half of the United States really is being forced to abide by somebody else's freedom, you know. Um, when they when they say, you know, it's for your safety, I want you to wear a mask, I, I really threw that out the window. When I walked out of a store and the employees that were forcing you to wear a mask were standing right outside the door and two of them were smoking and I had to walk through their cigarette smoke. Has zero to do with my health. If it's because you want me to be like protected, but yet I have to walk through your cigarette smoke. Are you freaking kidding me? Like I just walked through. I'm like, I'm not wearing a mask anywhere anymore. If they got the freedom to smoke cigarettes out here and they can blow that stuff in my direction, I'll walk around them, so I don't have to be by it, but I couldn't. They were literally were on both sides of the exit, mm-hmm. the smoking section. It was two steps out of the, the grocery store, and I had to walk through it, and I'm like, I got to wear a mask in there to protect me from something that I believe is real, but I believe even if I catch it, Lord willing, I have a 99.7 or 0.8% chance of being okay. Yeah, We know smoking kills millions. I mean, like millions yeah. of people. Yeah. You know, so I just, it was weird. To me, that was just like an aha moment of like, there's just way more to this than they just want me to be healthy. It's just they want to control me. And I'm, you know, when, when I, I put my mission statement out, I've never done a mission statement of anything in my life. I always, always told, hey, do a mission statement. And I wasn't part of a business to really 
you know, a corporate business where I would form one. Well, I did one with the Fit Archer podcast and I put it out and it was, you know, basically I want to help people. You know, when I say Fit Archer, I want people to be spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially fit. Like it's not just physical fit. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm the Fit Archer. I'm not the Fit Archer. It's just kind of a, a it was a good name. It was a competition that we started and just it sounded to be good for the podcast. So spiritually and emotionally, those, those are really those are really important attributes for today's, for January 9th, 2021. Mm-hmm. Like spiritually, I'm not as sound as I need to be. I need to get deeper in my faith. Like right now is, is political going haywire. What do I need to be doing? Sticking my nose in TV more and news more? No, I need to be reading the Bible more. And to me, that's, that's my belief is I got to understand what God wants more. But I also want to be emotionally fit. And to me, um, my emotionally fit is not to just lay down. Like I wanted, I, I think I prayed that today when we were eating, like Jesus, I pray for the strength to handle the persecutions we're facing in society today, the way that you handled the persecutions. I mean, he went, obviously he went right to the cross and he, he gave up his life. That's God doing that. You know, he, he, that, that's what he did, but he didn't just, when people persecuted him and did all this stuff, he didn't just stand there and just let them run over him other than when he was going to the cross. Like there's the story in the Bible of him turning over the tables at the, at the church because people were being, uh, you know, hypocrites and selling stuff and, and turning, what does he say? The church into a den of thieves. Um, you know, Jesus stood up for stuff. Well, he He's, would tell the truth. Yeah. There, there you that's, go. I mean, he wasn't, it, the confrontational was just in the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a aha moment right there. Or, a, yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say. That's pretty profound. What you just said. Well, that, that's, the, you know, the thing about it is most people don't want the truth. Like, you know, I mean, you can't handle the truth. No. It's most people don't care to learn the truth. You know what I've said with the election, whatever side you're on, and you guys know how much I love football. Nick's laughing. I don't really watch football. but <laughs> I was going to say, I don't even think you watch football. <laughs> yeah, do you? I don't. I don't. Um, nothing wrong with football. I just never grew up watching it. You know what I mean? I was always outside and. Uh, now I grapple and, and love that and wrestle. And so, but what I see when I do watch football, watching the Buckeyes, OH, somebody just gave me an IO that was listening. When I'm watching football and you get the touchdown, right? The guy's in the, in the end zone, catches it, foot drags, right? Hopefully two feet drag, whatever. And they go back on replay and they play it over again. And you're watching it. And you it's your team. You're like, oh, yeah, it's a touchdown. touchdown." But you watch the video, and you're like, ooh, I don't know. That's kind of iffy. You know what I mean? You're like, I don't really think he got it. Hopefully, they still give it to us. And they still give it to you. But you know. Like, you know. You saw it, and you're like, yeah, not really. Nobody cares on a bad call that goes your way. Hmm. As long as your team wins. And that goes for both sides to the aisle. right? Nobody cares about a bad call if it goes in your favor. Right, but nobody nobody can actually just sit there and tell the truth. Like, oh no, dude, like, you know, oh my team got the points. I mean, that's what the ref said. The ref said we got a touchdown, so it's you know, yeah. it's a touchdown. That's what the and that's what's happening with, I believe, with the election. You know, uh, you have one team that's pulling the flag, and they're looking at the review tapes. The other team doesn't want to look at the review tapes, and it's more than just our team versus your team. It's the sport that's mm-hmm. in in. Uh, that can be damaged from it, which is American democracy mm-hmm. at this point. So nobody's looking at the sport. They're looking at their team. 
and the team, you know, by by bleeding, you know, scarlet and gray, you're missing what you know Michigan's bringing to the table and saying, no, that's a bad call. Like we need to look at the rules again. Maybe yeah. maybe the rules of the game actually need changed a little bit, and so it's that whole truth piece, you know. And, and some of my friends, you know me. I mean, you know my. <laughs> Birds of a feather flock together, but some of my friends hate me because sometimes I can pull out the truth and be like, "No, actually, you know," and it doesn't go in our way. And right? Like, oh, I no. didn't know that. It's like, well, I've researched it, you know. And most people just don't want to spend the time and research themselves. And the thing about now, get I get out of the election, but you know, just seeing today all the people being banned from Facebook and yeah. Twitter and YouTube, um, and we've known some other people that have been banned from youtube for having you know certain certain views or what have you but um even the gun community by and large on youtube uh has gotten pretty deplatformed in terms of monetization uh so they're starting their own platforms and stuff but um the the fabric of america is free speech rather if you agree with it or not right yeah and that's the scariest thing right now is when because we all know i mean Everything gets recorded. Everything is saved in archives. I mean, Facebook just opened a data center in Ohio over the past couple of years. I mean, that it's ginormous. You know, I mean, think about uh, your <laughs> go off the deep end here, but it's really not though. Uh, you think about when you get on Facebook like today. I'll bring up a memory from seven years ago. Guess what? That means they've saved everything that you have ever done for the past seven <laughs> yeah. years, you know? And so uh, who knows what it's going to get called for, but you do have people uh, that are calling for extreme things. And that's what's scary is I don't feel like we're any, I no longer, I feel like you have two teams that are against each other that are all playing the same sport and the sport's going to get ruined. Yeah. And that's America. That's the scariest part. I've never felt that way until lately. Like, no matter what side you, you are on. Because, you know, I was, when Obama took office for a while, I was, I was young at that time. I think I was 23, is that right? 2008. Um, so I was impressionable. Those were kind of my first elections. You know, I had George W. Bush elections, but I was kind of like, Dad, how do you vote? Yeah. <laughs> Who do I yeah. vote for, Dad? You know, and then you, you do your own research. But I remember the world was going to end when you're a conservative, when Obama took over. And I actually, somebody, they're like, well, they have the House and the Senate and the presidency right now, assuming Joe Biden becomes president. I said, well, they had the same thing when Obama. You told me that, you t yeah. to me. I, yeah. I said, well, they got the House and the Senate. You're like, well, they had that when they Obama. I'm like, oh. Totally. So okay. I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah, the world, you know, the world may not end. However, with all the censorship, yeah. that's really what what's trippy. And that's what makes you really question, like, you know, what is going to happen moving forward when you just don't like what somebody's saying, you just deep platform yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh free speech is being able to listen to the other side, the opposition. I mean, when you got on Twitter and Instagram, you got all the garbage. Mm -hmm. I mean, terrorists on there being allowed to say what they want to say about America. They're allowed to stay on there, but you got the president of the United States mm -hmm. and they take him off. I oh, mean, it's a, as we're in weird times. It's weird. And, you know, to, to bring this back to the hunting world, <clears throat> we're going to enter in, if Biden becomes president, I'm saying if, because 
you know, we're hearing today that he's not going to. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be at five o'clock today, but, then yep. it's seven o'clock yeah, today. Seven. Yeah. And and it hasn't been yet, you know, but uh, you know, I I'd be hopefully up hopefully optimistic it would go that way because that's that's the side I would want to to be. But let's just say it doesn't. We could look at serious scrutiny from a, from a hunting standpoint with firearms. Really could. So, you know, you as a sportsman listener, whether you're only an archery hunter or not, I would never say, well, I'm only an archery hunter. So, you know, if they were to do something to get rid of guns and ban magazines and make ammunition hard to, hard to get, they're never going to be able to take all the guns. I mean, I just, I, I, I really don't think it would, it could get to that point. There's just. Did you, did you ever think that thousands and thousands of people would walk around with a mask on their face voluntarily? That's the craziest thing about it is. I mean, sitting outside eating and having a mask on? Dude, old boy today. I mean, yeah. You know what's good for you? Oxygen. Oxygen, fresh air. Oxygen, breathe it. Not filtered through a mask. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to believe no, they never could, but. I mean, how many people may could just line up and say, "Well, here they are. Yeah. You know, here, here they are. I'm so sorry. Go ahead and take them. Your oh, gun buyback. Okay. So, as a sportsman, even if I'm only an archery hunter, which I'm not, I'm banding on the wagon to fight for my rights. Mm-hmm. It, we need to fight for our rights. Our rights are being stripped, just like that. I'm conservative. You're conservative. You're conservative. Our conservative voices, maybe not yours, yours, Nick, yours, Greg, and mine, at this moment, are being stripped. But we're one button away. Where I just don't have a big enough platform. If I had a bigger platform, right. it could already be gone because all the people we see right now, big platforms, they're losing monetization. Just like you said, they're losing followers like crazy. Not at their, not because those followers don't want to follow them. They're, they're getting it stripped away. It's a, it's really weird. And here's some food for that. And it's, it's mainly for, for me to reiterate to myself, but it's, um, you know, freedom isn't free. I mean, you, you, you got to fight. And I, th- I think for so long we've we've enjoyed not having to actually fight, you know, not, not having to necessarily stand up to have our voices heard or, you know, the, the, the stuff that's going on with the censorship right now. But then even politically, like, wh- like for me, what, what does fighting look like? You know what I mean? What does legit fighting look like? And I know um, I was listening to some news talk radio the other day and it's like as – weird or redundant or or mind-numbing or useless as it sounds but it starts at the local level i mean if we if we're not going to be a part of getting people you know out there not just registered to vote but like hey here's here's how what policy works and here's how it affects you i mean like what greg said right now you know a couple weeks ago trump's with the the defense act screaming at everybody like you got to do something to section 230. You got to do something to section 230. Like I'm vetoing this thing. And they override him, get it through. I I I would have never thought that we'd be sitting here saying like you can't download parlor. You can't you know, look, look at these guys that just got their, their, their like not only the president but you know people that we follow like they're banned, they're off. They're you know, they're 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 censored. So you know, what is, what does actual fighting look like? Like what, you know, how are we going to define that so we can actually do something where we're actually fighting for a cause to, you know, to keep the freedoms that we have? Cause the reality is, and, and I've, I've said this for a while, like if this is our team, if America's our team and our constitution is, is who we are and it makes us, you know, kind of who we are, the, the fabric of, of us, like they're, 
they're trying to change that. I mean, that's the reality is you have a side that's that's genuinely trying to change what that interpretation is and looks like. Um, so we're either going to fight or it's going to change. Does that mean local level you going into politics? Local level, like, I mean, it's got to be, you know, I, Mary, Mary, my wife said this the other day, like she, she was looking at some, uh, some coworkers that she used to work, work with, um, through a, a program and they were down in like smaller communities. I think like Sierra Vista or I don't, you know, smaller communities, but they were doing all of these things for a specific, you know, political party. And, you know, the reality is I'm, I'm on my social media and watching my news, but I'm not, I'm not down anywhere doing anything. I'm not poll watching. I'm not, you know, so from that perspective, like, you know, what, what, what does that look like for me? You know, and people that are, that are genuinely concerned, what does that look like for you? You know, to actually know, okay, here's uh, one of the, one of the books that I read a while ago, I think it was the four disciplines of execution. It was like, figure out what the needle is. Like what, what needle are you trying to move and what are the things that are going to move that needle? So, you know, what, what, what fighting, what, what needle are you trying to move and what are the tactics that are going to move that needle for you? You know, and I'm speaking to myself, like I almost brought that book, hmm. the four D's. Yeah. 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 I almost, I grabbed it off my nightstand. I'm like, well, I should have a book just to read, to help me go to sleep. And I grabbed that one and I'm like, ah, I got into it a little bit and I couldn't get into it all the way. And so I set it back down and I forgot one. So that's weird that you said that book. Yeah. It's a good book. Yeah. It's heavy. What's interesting about that. So I saw that I actually saw somebody post, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago who has a platform who probably is losing millions now due to them coming out, uh, and voicing their opinion politically. And they said, you know, hey, I've always said freedom's not free. But I realized, like, I'm not, I've never really done anything for my freedom. So here it is. I'm going to start speaking out. But the tough part is, because even listening to you, Nick, I, I agree, starts with the local level, understanding your local. I mean, we saw this actually during COVID. You know, governors, um, I kind of, you know, look at them as the president of your state. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they are essentially the president of your state. They have the say over your state because we are the United States of America. We are a a republic. So our, our states choose to do commerce with each other and choose to fall under the umbrella of the United States. But you saw the power that the governors still have, right? Because the South Dakota governor, as an example, never did any lockdowns. Well, they voted for her. Yeah. Right. So that could have went a different way. Ohio different rules than Texas, et cetera. So I agree with that. But at the same time, you wonder, one, um, who wants to go into politics? I know. You know, I mean, my goodness. Uh, Because I I think we know a lot of people. We're connected to a lot of people that could do very well in politics. They do very well with organizations Mm -hmm. and people. But who wants to go through that scrutiny, number one? Then number two is after this election – do you really have a hundred percent faith that we are getting fair and free elections right in reality? And I don't, I really don't know how, and I've actually, I, I think, you know, it starts with conversations with the other side and I always want to get to the truth, going back to the truth. So, Hey man, if you can show me why I'm wrong, cool. Like 
all good. And I, I don't want a confrontation, but it's like, hey, what do you think about this? But you'll get people that are just so blinded by their side, their team, that they don't want to, that, oh, yeah, he's just crazy. Trump's just crazy. Or this, you know, it's no. like, yeah. But, you know, I mean, there was even when, I think it was uh, Hillary in 20, well, you're, we're in 2021, so it would have been 2016. Uh, there was a Democratic... I don't know who he was. He's from Massachusetts. He's, you know, he's in the primaries. And the guy was great. Like, I probably would have voted for him, uh, even though I'm registered Republican, you know, what have you. I'm more just like libertarian. Leave me alone. Yeah. But uh, I would have voted for him. He's great. Uh, Gabby, what's her name? Tulsi Gabbard. She's great. Yeah. Great. Why don't they, we? They like, ran her out. Why don't we have more people like this? You know, and that's the issue is you really don't have people... And, and so talking about like mm-hmm. going back to the local thing is what I'm saying is you can get your governor or you can vote your, the governors, you can vote uh, senators and congressmen, et cetera. But then you still have these people now that they're in the Congress, right? They say, well, it's split 50, 50 and assuming Biden Kamala, uh, you know, administration here, it's actually not split because she has the final say. Right. Mm -hmm. They're assuming just because you have 50 people that say I'm Democrat and 50 people are Republican, that they're just going to vote 50 50 split. That's ludicrous to me. Yeah. Because as a Republican or as a Democrat, there's got to be things where you fall on the other side of the line. There has to be. But it's gotten so far from the center of the aisle, so far left and so far right, that that's how they see it. I mean, or you're just, you're, you're demonized by your own team. If you're like, ah, guys, I yeah. really just don't agree with that. They're like, yeah, but you have to vote on this because we're trying to get that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I could tell you a story of a, when we went to a, a charity shoot in Wisconsin and a guy that had worked in Wisconsin government of some, I don't remember exactly what he, what he, where he was at, but it was when a very famous governor of Wisconsin was the governor <clears throat> and the governor came to this, uh, government uh, employee, I think he was a congressman or whatever he was, and he said, you're going to vote this way, right? And the, the guy is saying to the governor, he's like, I, I really can't. It's not what's best for the people. He said the governor looked, and he told this to a group of 300 of us. He said that governor looked at him and he goes, if you if we don't get your vote, you will never have a career in politics. And he never got re-voted back in, and he never has since. Yeah, imagine that. Literally told him that. And he yeah. told us that. He told that to the whole entire group. I remember we sitting there going, that's amazing. He said, you will never have a career in politics if we don't get your vote. And he didn't vote for whatever that bill was or whatever it was because he said it wasn't what was best for the people. That was a Republican governor in Wisconsin. You could easily track that down. It wasn't Scott Walker either. It was a different one. <laughs> it was a different guy. I mean, not to say who it was. <laughs> not to say who it was, but there's only, Just you know, to tell you who it was. Pretty easy. <laughs> pretty easy to figure it out. That's crazy though, isn't it? Yeah. So that's, you know, that's, I guess that goes back to what do you you know, what do you actually do? And that, that to me is probably the most frustrating thing that we're all going through is you just wonder like, well, what do you do? Um, I don't know. It's going to be a really interesting year. It is because it goes back to being in, uh, what did we just see? In and out burger. Mm-hmm. I want to be respectful to people, even that disagree with me. Cause I want, I, I live with, I want to have a good America. Um, but what do you do? Because I disagree with having to wear, having to wear a mask. What? You know, I mean, so it's kind of weird. Like, I don't want to argue with you, 
and I don't. I know you don't want to argue with me, but I also don't believe this is right. The the technicality on that, which you're going to hate me for, <laughs> I know, I know, is that you can't go into their establishment. I know. I mean, that's that's the real answer. Yeah, you know, and I, I can I can say that out loud. Of course, it's you know, uh, I think we all try to, or at least us that don't really agree with the mask. You know, we're going to walk in without a mask and see what's up. Um, JP still won't put one on if you ask him. I to. put it up from my chin. You did something, yeah. Yeah, I did. I didn't want to. I didn't want you guys to be in trouble, and I didn't. You know, <laughs> I didn't want to get kicked out. I didn't want to. I don't want to make a scene. That's what I don't want to do. I don't. Yeah, there's there's people that are on the right side, that are so far right, and they're so vocal. I've thought of this. I could give you a couple of names. I won't over the podcast, but a couple of real high influential people of the outdoor industry that are so far right and use really, really negative terminology towards people on the left. And I've always thought of this. I'm like, that's not winning anybody. Are those coyotes? Yeah, dude. Oh, wow. I wonder if you can hear those. Um, that is separating. See, you got to be able to hear that. You should be able to hear that on the podcast. You've got coyotes right outside the trailer. But even though I agree with their stance and their view, they're so belligerent to people on the left. Right, it's repelling. It's repelling. And I'm thinking, man, you have such a large, influential, couldn't you say it with a little more tact and just be strong with your opinion in it it, or your your facts about it, but not degrading to an to another person where somebody's who who you maybe could win over is like, you're such a jerk, I'm not even gonna listen to your Mm -hmm. your your point of view, you know? Yeah. So I don't I don't want to be that person. I want to I want to fight for what I can, but but I don't, again, I just want to roll over. Is this just such a weird place to be in? Like, I don't want to get kicked out of your establishment and cause a fight, but I don't want to wear a mask. <laughs> but I want to eat your burger. But I want your burger. But I'm I want starving. your fries and your shake. <laughs> well, think about it. I mean, we're, we're, we're in, uh, like, I mean, we've all had to adapt to change. And I'm not saying, like, adapting to change in the sense that, like, give up your freedom and, you know, have socialism crammed down your throat or communism, but, but like, all right, we're, you know, we're, we're out of our box again. You know, we're out of our comfort box. Like we're in a, like, we're, we're like, what is going on right now? Cause all right, well, I guess I'm not going to go visit this establishment anymore. Are you going to make me wear a mask that my neighbor's the same way. He's like, he used to go to, you know, uh, get this certain gas station every day to go get coffee. He's like, you know, they can they can kick rocks. Yeah, if they're, they're going to make me wear a mask, I'll I'll drink my coffee at home. Yeah. So, what's tough about that though? Like, I go to a place. I just say it's called Clean Juice, and the point of Clean Juice is it's it's <laughs> you know how healthy I am. Yeah. <laughs> they sell fruit. donuts over there. They don't know <laughs> donut juice. That'd be so good. Uh, but I go in there like, and they they have nothing on the door. That says that you must wear a mask. And so I don't go in with a mask. You know, I've had some people come in, kind of look at you crazy. I'm like, y- you're at clean juice. Like, yeah, you think you're healthy, you know? And if you're healthy, if you're not healthy, you shouldn't be in here. Um, so I think more businesses, this is this is what you could do. But, or, you know, and, and possibly, I don't know how your barbershop is. But as a business, you don't abide by that. You know what I mean? That's what has to get stood up. For yeah. Me, I think on if that's what you believe, mask, anti-mask, whatever. But you have to start standing up for things where you're like, no, we're not going to do that. You know, and that's what's going to make patrons 
start choosing where to spend their money and where to visit. Um, and the same thing, you know, money is power. The same thing going on with social media right now is I guarantee uh, you still have 90% of the people, uh, 99% of the people who disagree with Trump getting kicked off Twitter are still on Twitter. What if everybody just deactivated their account? Said so their stock, their, their stock prices went down 4%. Good. Should go yeah. down 40%. Should. Yeah. But what if everybody just got rid of it? That would make a difference. Mm hmm. But nobody will do it because they like the conveniency of it, and they know it. It's just like, and so does Twitter. Yeah. Well, and we've been, we've been dealt that same hand. Of, mm -hmm. You know, they got the customers. They know the customers are going to keep coming. Mm -hmm. Don't matter. So fitness wise, what when when you talked about what's confrontational is the truth. I think is what you said. I can't remember what you said. I said it was very profound, and then I've already forgot how profound it was. But it was good. <laughs> so um, profound. The truth is. People need to get in better shape. 100%. That's going to help prevent COVID. You know, in the on the lines in Arizona where we live on the on the interstate, the over the interstate signs, you know, the little ones that they can change. It says, "Keep Arizona healthy, wear a mask, stay at home or wear a mask, get a flu shot." And I've said it over and over like that's not what keeps Arizona healthy. You don't stay healthy by wearing a mask and getting a flu shot. You get healthy and that's how you stay healthy. Is so nobody's talking. Isn't it amazing that not one person in government has come out? Nobody in the CDC, nobody in yeah. the WHO, nobody, no, none of the big, big guys that are coming through news saying the best thing that you can do is get a bunch of sunlight, drink plenty of water, get plenty of sleep, get your vitamins, eat healthy, get a salad a day, and start exercising. And, and for the 75% of you that are overweight in America, you need to lose weight because people that are, overweight are the most affected by this well that would that would upset some people well of course it would but yeah. isn't that the truth <laughs> like i mean if you're listening to this podcast and you have health problems i don't have any political affiliations if you don't like me you just don't listen to the podcast that's totally fine if you're overweight lose the weight like drink plenty of water go to bed and get plenty of sleep take your vitamins eat good exercise get better more fit Get plenty of vitamin D and sunlight. In yeah. man, we'll we'll annihilate COVID. But we're one of the, we're like rated fiftieth in the world in health. America's horrible with our health. It's terrible. Well, isn't that Eating what a burger? Isn't that what a coach tells you? You know what I mean? Like when you're growing up as an athlete, as a kid, what does the coach tell you? Coach tells you the truth, what you need to do to get better. But for some reason, if we speak the truth, and and you know, I mean. People know it. They're not. They're. They're not. They're. They're not that naive. People know it, but. But it's just easier to get a vaccine shot. Yeah, I mean that's that's. So are you going to get it? No, Greg, Nick, are you going to get it? I I don't think I've gotten a flu shot. I don't. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I'm pretty big on. Uh, for me, my own personal, you know, everybody can do what they want, but for me, eleven years of, you know doing the right things, eating, you know, eating, eating pretty good, taking supplements, doing those kind of things. So, I mean, that's, that's really how you're going to fight it. And at the end of the day, not, you not answer my question. Are you going to take the shot? Or no. You're not going to take a shot. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not going to get a vaccine. Um, the, uh, e even looking at like, you know, the rest of your life, like we're not, we're not immortal, you know? And, and I'm not saying this from a, like a loser's perspective, like, 
a loser, you know, a losing mentality. Like, well, you're going to die of something. So, you know, but like legit, I'm going to roll the rest of my life with, with nutrition and, you know, exercise, getting outside, trying to, you know, lower stress, get, get good sleep. That, like that, that's what I'm going to do to try to help, you know, my longevity of life. It's not wearing a mask and, or, you know, wearing a ventilator because there's, there's pollution outside from cars, too many cars being on. So there's a lot of pollution out there. The the best meme that I've seen today, I have screenshot probably <laughs> so much stuff over the last couple of days. Cause I want to send it to a certain individual, like just stop listening to the news. Cause you're getting lied to, but I won't send this stuff to him. But the best meme I just um, screenshot, this says missing the influenza virus, AKA the flu last seen February, 2020. If found, please call the CDC. Under no circumstances should you call the media. They are suspects in its disappearance. <laughs> Pretty good. That is. Oh, it's really good. You know, I, I remember, though, like, when this first, when COVID first came on the scene, it's kind of how I feel right now. So in terms of politics and what's going to happen in the world and, you know, even coming out here, I'm like, man, I should be close to my family, you know, not halfway across the United States. Or all the way across the United States, for that matter. Yeah. Um, but when COVID first hit, I remember just wondering, like, oh my gosh, I was actually driving home from Chicago, and I was already tuned in. You, you know, you guys know how I am, so I was already tuned into this prior. So I had gloves with me and hand sanitizer, and I wasn't wearing any of that stuff at that time. But uh, it was Friday the thirteenth, March thirteenth, and I'm getting texts and calls like, "Dude, Trump is live." Things are getting shut down, and I'm thinking, man, how am I, like, I got to make sure I got enough gas to get home. I'm in the gas guzzler tundra, you know. I'm like, how am I going to, I got to make sure I can get home. What's going to happen? I'm pumping gas with a, with a glove because I'm like, I don't know what, like, what is this? Yeah. You know, is this really yeah. deadly? You know, are we all going to die? Like, yeah. What's happening? I remember the first, you know, month and a half or so, like, I played by the rules. You know, like, we did not play with the kids uh, across the street. We isolated. Yep. We, you know. Uh, really didn't even like, we didn't even go out. And if I did go out, it'd be late at night. I'd go shopping and you'd still be like, you were suspect. You yeah. Know, I was at least, I don't know how you guys yeah. were at the beginning, but I was suspect. I was like, okay, I'm gonna take this serious. Let's see what's going on. See what's happening. But I also remember at that time, I remembered evaluating my health. I have a sauna, you know, um, vitamin D levels up in Ohio or vitamin D is typically low anywhere in the United States. But, um, I remember reevaluating that. I'm like, okay, I better pump that back up. I'm going to sit back in the sauna. I'm going to take time to meditate, whatever that might be for somebody, but talking about stress, you know. And I remember making those changes because I had a legitimate concern for COVID. And the reason I say that is because now, as I travel here on the airplane, et cetera, I, these people that are wearing, you know, if you wear a mask all the time and you really think a mask is helping, yeah, you're hopping on a plane and you're sitting right next to me. Yeah. Uh, that does not compute because when I had a legitimate concern, I didn't want to be around you. Like I would legit, you know, <laughs> you know, I was like distancing yeah. as you're going through the grocery store. But now that we've had data, because data is, you know, if you want to get the truth, let's go get the data. Now that you have data, you kind of look at it and you're like, eh, all right. I think, mm -hmm. you know, a little blown out of proportion. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, but it is weird, you know, and, and uh, to reiterate what you said, I mean, it is real. We're not saying it's not. We just right. had our friends, you know, 
ex-wife pass away. Right. You know, so it, it's, it's weird. Yeah. But what are you going to do? You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, cases keep rising and they keep making people wear masks. I mean, so I keep thinking like, what? I've just listened to a lot of podcasts, a lot of really good yeah. people that don't have, like they don't have a dog in the hunt as far as their name and trying to make a name for themselves. They just, they're looking at all the data and it just keeps coming back. That's why I'm just like, I'm not, I just don't feel like that should be, you know, the, whatever I've said it enough. I just don't feel like I should have to wear a mask. Hey, at the end of the day, it's your choice. But when you do go into another establishment and that's their rules, <laughs> yeah, you should abide by them. I know. Just but maybe push the envelope a little bit. A little bit. I put it up over my chin. Yeah. I mean, my chin is where the COVID would be. It could be. Because I drew slobbered a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we went hour and 25 minutes. I said, we'll go day one. We'll go 30 minutes. Day two, we'll do 30 minutes. Day four. This is fun, though. Um, so day two is going to come tomorrow. Yeah. All right. And, and who knows what we're going to find. I think t- tonight at midnight, is Trump making an announcement? It could be. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, in Stay all seriousness. Who knows? <laughs> we'll be back. But I'll tell you, you know, pray for the country and uh, pray for our leaders on both sides because they all need it. So do your families. So God bless you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care, Greg. Take care, Nick. Hey, tomorrow is the day. We're going to pinch a big buck. On. Thanks yeah. for listening, everybody. <laughs>